you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger. Jason Lacanfora, part of this podcast. Guys, we are in the thick of it. Camp has started. It's going on all across the country. And Baldy, I want to start where you have been because I think it's still the big story, and that is the New York Jets. You've had a chance to be there a few days, talk to a few people. Let's get our folks caught up on what's going on with the Jets and where they are, specifically with Aaron Rodgers. And, guys, they play in the Hall of Fame game. They got an early start, so that's why they're a little bit uh, ahead of everybody else with camp. I spent the day there yesterday. Well, it was a great day. It was a really good day. Uh, you know, there, there's a great buzz. I mean, NFL films, guys with the black shirts, NFL films are everywhere. <laughs> you know, um, and they're going to be there for six weeks. I talked to the lead producer yesterday. I mean, they're there for six, maybe even seven straight weeks. They're following the team to Canton when they play the Hall of Fame game against Cleveland. But, you know, just watching, you know, and Nathaniel Hackett's called the plays. His dad, Paul, Paul Hackett, is out there. Paul, you know, recruited and coached Curtis Martin, a great Jet. Um, in New England Patriot. I mean, Curtis is there. Tiki Barber is there. I mean, the buzz is real. I, and, you know, and I talked to Woody Johnson for a long time, the owner afterwards, and he's been there for 23 years. He's never felt anything like this. Mm. And it's more than just Aaron Rodgers. It's just, this is, maybe this is the time. You know, we saw Matt Stafford go to Los Angeles, win a Super Bowl. We saw Tom Brady pack up, go to Tampa, win a Super Bowl. And, and maybe... That's what happens. But when you watch Aaron Rodgers make a couple throws yesterday to Garrett Wilson, like, and then, you know, it's, it's competitive. It, you know, there's sauce Gardner out there and DJ Reed and there's Quinn and Williams in the middle rushing Aaron Rodgers. And there's this floater that's just going, you know, I mean, in stride one for touchdown, one on fourth down for a big game. And you're, you know, you're talking to Joe Douglas, the general manager, and you just go, they haven't seen this Carl. They haven't seen this in New York. They haven't seen a guy that can make that throw. That yeah. can make that call. They just haven't seen it. And so it just gets you like, okay, maybe this can happen. You know, maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the difference. Because when you watch the defensive line, Carl, and you see, you know, the, the draft picks, and you see Quinnen, and you see Carl Lawson, and, uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson in his second year, and Will McDonald is a rookie, and you go, they might be three deep on the defensive line, mm-hmm. you know? And so – it's, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to be around. It's only practice. It's early. I'm going to go up there tomorrow. They're having a full pad of practice tomorrow. They're going to get after one-on-ones, hitting, uh, tackling. Uh, they're going to be 3,000 fans surrounding the place. They said, you better get there early, Baldy. The track, <laughs> these Jet fans, fans. And, you know, not to mention Peter King and, you know, like the NFL Network. And they're, they're all coming. They're all coming. Like, this is destination maybe number one in this league this year. And it's great for the league. It's New York. It's the biggest market. We'll get to the Giants in a second. But this this is, this is feels like it's more than just Aaron Rodgers coming to New York. It feels like this is what happens when you get it. Because there's Aaron yesterday, Carl, and I know I'm going along, but there's Aaron talking the defensive line about a play like, look, I'm, I'm – get after me. Come rush me. Like, if you just go play the screen – all right, you made a play on the screen, but that's not real. Like he's he's coaching, he's coaching everybody up. You know, he's talking to his receivers. There's this kid, Xavier Gibson, out of uh, Stephen F. Austin. 
that made a play in the middle of the field. And people were going, wow, where, where did he come from? And you just go, all right, let's, let's, uh, I, I'm not here to temper it down. I'm just here to say football's on and it's on in Florham Park, New York. And it's a lot of fun to be around. Listen, Baldy, I, I think as we talk about the Jets, um, this is about the buy-in, right? And and listen, yeah. you and I have been to many camps through our careers, all right? I, w- I had a chance to cover the, the when I first got in the business, the 90s Cowboys early in my career. There is a different buzz when your team is good and guys know their team is good. There's a difference than showing up at camp and you, and guys, even new guys to the team, when they go, we might be okay. You got to see how it goes. When you show up and you feel like there's something going on here. And I think that's what you're describing with the Jets. There's nothing wrong with this, guys. We're not telling you the Jets are going to go to the Super Bowl. What we're saying is there is a buy-in that they necessarily haven't had. They've had studs on defense. You guys know the story. This quarterback thing, they had to figure it out. And if the quarterback is leading like Aaron is, and like you're talking about, Baldy, this this is going to potentially work. That is what they've been waiting for, leadership. Yeah, well, they're getting it. And then you go – Let's just go to their two young studs from rookies a year ago. You know, Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. So, you know, I had a chance to talk to both of them yesterday. Both of them, after the two-and-a-half-hour practice, both of them are on the field. Both of them are working extra mm. stuff. Um, you know, there's there's Sauce talking to some young corners about what I see when I play a tight end versus when I play an elite wide receiver, where I line up, where my footwork is, what I'm looking at. There's Garrett Wilson going, you know, Baldy, the first throw that Aaron threw to me was on me. Like, I, I made a mistake. I, I didn't get a, enough vertical on the route to be able to break it to the corner, but Aaron rescued me. That's Garrett talking about. And then he goes in the one in the touchdown, the fourth down throw, you know, like he, like I thought the corner was really going to push me to the sideline. He didn't. So Aaron threw it over. I read it right. And he dropped it right in the bucket. I made the catch. These kids are, they, you don't win the offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, without A, being talented, and B, being smart, and being professional. Like, there's certain guys that just rise above, the, you know, the rest of the group to get those awards. And these kids are – they're kids, but they're, they're advanced students. You know, they're only kids because they're young. Right. But they're advanced students of the game. And there's something about intelligent players. We don't give them enough credit. We don't talk about them enough, Carl. But intelligent players are intelligent people. They make good decisions. And these kids make good decisions. And so it's part of the buy-in. Um, I think that's I think that's that's there. But then what Joe Douglas, the general manager, is looking at, what Woody Johnson, the owner, is looking at, what Robert Sile, the head coach, is looking at is okay, we know we're we're, we're talented. Now we need to like bond, we need to build a locker room where there is no knuckleheads. We filter that stuff out. We 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 nip problems in the head as a as a group. That's what great teams do. Like we keep the things in house. And so things that have affected the Jets before um you know they lost their they were 7 and 4 last year. They looked like a pretty good football team. They beat the Buffalo Bills. They were on the way and they lost 6 in a row. And somebody asked me on the NFL network yesterday Carl the other day they're like, you know, is is the pressure too big for this group? And I'm like <laughs> no, it's not. You know what's too big for this group is losing six more games in a row. They're sick of it. Quentin Williams is sick of losing. He didn't want – like, he got his bag, great. He's sick of losing. These kids come from winning programs. Garrett from Ohio State, Sauce, won a whole lot of games. Cincinnati won 50. 
You know, like these kids are used to winning. They they want to win, Carl. So that's they got to find out how to do that, learn how to do that as a group, and build that locker room to be airtight. I want to ask you about Saul since we're talking about it, guys. We're talking about the Jets. Baldy was there. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. Make sure you watch us on YouTube in the huddle pod. You can subscribe there. Don't miss an episode. We release them new uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays usually. But, guys, as camp is going on, breaking news and stuff, we'll be all over the place. So make sure you're here. I don't, I'm not sure if you've done a, a Baldy's breakdown on him, but he played with Desmond Ritter. Ritter's the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. They played together at Cincinnati. Yeah. And Ritter has talked about practicing against Sauce made him better, okay? Yeah. And we were talking about the footwork and stuff that he does and how he plays. I think he's so advanced to your point about the intelligence, but how to play the position. He's playing Baldy like he's a third or fourth-year guy in the league, not a, not a rookie last year. And that, I think, is part of the difference. And I'm, I'm curious – People are already talking about Sauce maybe being the best corner in the league. Now, I don't want to jump on that, but I'm just saying, I don't know what you've seen, but his footwork is really, really good. Well, um, so I ranked the top 10 cornerbacks uh, for the NFL the other day, and I had Sauce at number one. And that's not to knock anybody else in this business. Guys that have done it, Xavier Howard's got 29 interceptions. Yep. You can look at Jalen Ramsey's won a Super Bowl. You can look at all the great players at that position. Patrick Sertan is like, he's I got a number two. But Sauce, man zone, the intelligence that he plays with, what he sees, how he tackles, um, how he plays without committing penalties, how he plays the ball in the air. Like, we really – like, we just haven't seen a guy come in the league. You know, I mean, look, Champ Bailey's Champ Bailey. And, you know, he's not the most – he's not Champ. And he's not Dion. He doesn't have that type of talent, you know, that type of athleticism. He is long and he is fast. But, like – He's not that, but he makes up for what he doesn't have that Champ Bailey had that Dion had, like four three speed and that kind of stuff that Dion had. But and I'm not comparing him yet to, to Dion or Champ. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have their athletic ability. So he's just an exceptional student of the game. And you know, I want to come back to Aaron Rodgers because he's the story. And the, the, just being around a lot of people in the organization over the last few weeks and then yesterday for a long day, and I'm going back up there tomorrow. Um, he's gone out of his way to literally meet everybody in the organization. Like I'm talking about secretaries, travel, business people, you know, people selling, you know, um, the suites, the, you know, stadiums, like he's gone out of his way. People on the, on the television side of it and the digital side of things that everybody has now uh, in house. And he's gone out of his way to introduce himself to everybody. Say hello. Like, and, and, and not just bonding with his teammates. It's it's the whole building. And I think people thought, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's a prima donna. Like, you know, he's he's the MVP. He doesn't do these kind of things. No. No, he knows it's important to do these things. And he knows all the things that he has to be responsible for to help turn a losing franchise around. And a, a franchise that has a lot of bad smell about it. A lot of things that have gone wrong. He's there to like sweep it out and sweep that stuff out and get it out of the building as much as he can. He knows his responsibilities to help do that. Guys, it's uh, in the huddle. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockheim for a part of this podcast as well. Here's where uh, we want to take a turn and talk about the other New York team because they've got a lot going on as well. Um, What do you make of the Saquon Barkley situation? I mean, I know there was this running back 
summit or Zoom that they had where all the, the top guys got on and talked about the situation with contracts. I think it happened last weekend. But, Baldy, at the end of the day, people are saying, why would Saquon do this and not sign one of the deals that was maybe offered to the Giants or by the Giants when it was maybe 12 a year or 13 a year, and he decided to, to not accept that deal? Now, we don't know the, the, the length of those deals. We just know that they allegedly offered that kind of money per year and yet he settles for basically an $11, $11 million deal. Well, to be honest with you, he, he ran out of time. I mean, I'm like, you know, July 17th was the date, you know, sign the extension, uh, sign the franchise tag, sign an extension. Like, that's it. And so for the Giants to come out, give him a little bit more, more incentives. But the bottom line is Saquon's a giant this year. He's in camp on time. He's with his team. Yeah. The business side of it, you know, if he has another year, Backs up another year like he had this year. I'm pretty sure after Andrew, we'll get to Andrew Thomas, but like, and they signed Dexter Lawrence, like they've got their horses signed. So, you know, Saquon could play himself into a big deal next year. Now it kind of, but to the idea that, okay, the leverage I have is to sit out, to hold out. It didn't help anybody. It doesn't help him. It doesn't help his team. It doesn't help the franchise. And so look, here's this olive branch. We want you, Saquon. We're not, we just don't have the financial, whatever it is. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But <laughs> I'm not going to give you this, you know, 30 million guaranteed deal. And so this is what we can do. And this is what we could do for you this year. I don't know all the things that went on. But all I know is I think everybody was shocked when Saquon signed it and is in camp. And, and so now they don't have to talk about that anymore. Like they can actually start building this team. Um, the way that I think Brian Dable wants to build the team. And so, and Joe Shane, the general manager, wants to build it. And so the bottom line is they don't have a disgruntled player. They don't have a guy holding out. They've got their team in place. Like, let's go build it. Let's go, let's go get back to the playoffs and let's make a move in the playoffs. Well, and Baldy, I think this is, you know, this is no disrespect to, to Saquon, but you went up front and think about what they did this offseason. They signed their quarterback, okay, paid him long-term, four years, $160 million to, to Daniel Jones. They paid their defensive tackle in Dexter Lawrence, four years, right? And then they turn around and they pay Andrew Thomas their left tackle. The cornerstones of your franchise, D-line, O-line, quarterback. I love Saquon, but this is how you win, Giants fans. And I know a lot of people are like, what are they doing? They're screwing this up. You're, you're right about him being in camp. He is going to participate. He's on time. He will do his job. But if you're talking about the Giants being competitive with the Eagles, whose roster, in my opinion, is overall better, the Cowboys, whose roster overall right now is better, this is how you win. you got to pay these guys. So, Baldy, I think it was a choice. We're going to take care of our D tackle, our left tackle, and our quarterback. We're going to say, and we're going to take care of Saquon in the way that we can, but we got to do this. Well, I mean, look, if you just look at the teams that they're competing with in the NFC East, the Eagles aren't paying top dollar to a running back. They've got a committee of them. They've got a whole bunch of them there. They all can play. John Drew Swift, Rashad Penny. Uh, you know, you go through Boston Scott, you go through the whole list of them. Um, the, the Cowboys decided not to do it. But, you know, they're they're paying a lot of other people. They just paid yeah. Trayvon Diggs. Quarterback got paid. You know, C.D. Lamb's going to probably get his bag. You know, I mean, so that it's just kind of uh, the way teams get structured right now. But, you know, Saquon, look, 
that maybe that's just a going rate right now. Maybe it's just dropped at the elite running backs. We'll see what Nick Chubb gets. I'm sure he's going to get, you know, a pretty big chunk. But the Giants really added to the wide receiver and the tight end room. You know, when they went out and they got themselves Paris Campbell and Darren Waller and the guys they got, they're telling everybody that we're not going to rely on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley to run for 2,000-plus yards like they did last year. We're going to throw it a lot more like we did in Buffalo when Josh Allen was the star of the team and Stephon Diggs was our biggest, you know, star outside of Josh. Like, they're going to throw the ball a lot more. And they know that that's the way to score more points. And hopefully the defense, with what they have right now, will take it away a little bit more and give extra pass that offense. But I, they had to do what they had to do to win last year, and they did it. That's what good coaching is. But I think it'll look a little bit different this year. All right, Baldy. Uh, speaking of getting bags, as we go around the league, guys, just lots of news coming in as camp gets underway. Teams trying to take care of their own, make sure they get all this contract stuff out of the way so they can focus on the season. And the Chargers have done that. Justin Herbert, five years, $262 million. All right, $262.5, actually. Um, he signed through 2029. And this deal is fully guaranteed for $133 million. But when you look at the per year average, all of a sudden now you're talking about Hertz, Lamar, and Herbert. So people have hit me up. Yesterday when this news broke, Baldy, late, there were guys going, Herbert, you know, he's he's not even won a playoff game. And I'm like, that's not what it's about. When you have one of these franchise guys and you feel like he can get you over the top, it's not his fault they blew the game in Jacksonville last year. They had a, a big old lead and then they blew it. But my point is, Baldy, He's a franchise guy, and the kid's 25, 25 years old. So you lock him up, you pay him accordingly, and you keep it moving. And now I think the charges, if everybody is healthy on that offense, Baldy, that's a dangerous offense they've got. Well, look, here's, here's, here's what everybody's searching for. They're all searching for their franchise quarterback. And if you don't get it right, you got to figure it out. You got to overpay or go back in a well, go back to the draft, try to find it. So once you get it, all you do is you just build around it, and you never stop building. You know, I mean, they have drafted offensive linemen in the first round, you know, two out of three years. They were throwing the ball last year to a kid at a, on the special teams called up from the practice squad and I, named Mike Gandy. You know, Keenan was hurt. Mike Williams was hurt. Like, they, you know, they, they've got to run the ball better. You know, here's Kellen Moore. Where did he come from? Dallas. What did they do? They ran the ball really well. Like, they got to figure out how to run it. But the quarterback is real. And he, all you have to do, I said this the other day, just sometimes, Carl, you got to go to a game. He's got to watch these guys warm up and just watch them throw. <laughs> you go. That's what talent looks like. When Justin Herbert rips off 100 passes and pregame warm-ups, you go, that's what talent looks like. 6-6, yeah. six, six, the ball spins like it's coming through an air tunnel. You know, and and, and he's, he's tough. He, you know, he had fractured ribs in the second game last year. He played through it. Like, he's just what you're looking for. Like, that's not – that's the least of the problems with the Chargers. They paid the guy. And, look, when Joe Burrow is up and they get the, his deal done, he'll be more than than Herbert. He'll be yeah. more than Lamar. That's just how it is on the NFL. It's always been that way. The next guy at that position gets a little bit more. So they took care of him because you have to. And now you go, okay, we've got everything – because I told Charger fans, and I would say this to anybody, there's no more excuses with the Chargers. Like, injuries are no longer an excuse. They've got depth. 
they've got they've committed to paying star players, which they were reluctant to do for a long time. And they're you know, whether it's J.C. Jackson or Khalil Mack or Joey Bose or Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. I mean, they pay their stars, and that's what you know, stars win your games. If they get hurt, you got to have their backups. And so you 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 know you draft a kid out of TCU in the first round, Quinton Johnston, and you go okay, next guy up. And it, and there's just no more excuses that they've always made because of injuries with the Chargers. Go make your move and go compete and take the mantle away from the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Baldy, uh, we didn't get a chance to mention this, but I do want to want to ask you about it, get your opinion on it. Um, now that it's over, Daniel Snyder may be or may have been the worst owner in NFL history. We'll wait to see how that shakes out. The commanders are sold, but I want to turn the page and talk about what it means for Ron Rivera and what it means for that franchise as Josh Harris and his group takes over the commanders. Harris is from that area. He's a pro sports owner. He sounds like, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's committed. And and if I'm a Commanders fan, and I said this, Baldy, if I'm a Washington football team fan, if I'm a Redskins fan, okay, and we're going all the way back, whatever whatever you you call them, yeah. you got to be happy about this because this organization was going nowhere with Daniel Snyder in charge. And so I, I think, you know, again, they're in a tough division, but I just think overall – it's almost like a breath of fresh air with what's going on in Washington with that team. They, you know, look, it, it, it took a long time. Um, they got the sale. Josh is one of those owners that, you know, I mean, he's got more money. He's got, <laughs> you know, he's got more people working for him. He's got his hands. I mean, you know, every major corporation and forget about sports. Like I'm talking BlackRock. I mean, he's, he's, he's in with the corporate, Dine, you know, corporate uh, elites, elite yeah. of this entire world, not just the United States. I mean, he's a corporate owner, so he's got Magic Johnson involved. I mean, he's, he's doing it. He's doing. He'll do the right things. You know, look, I I've been around Philadelphia a long time. He owns the Sixers. I've seen him clean house, change coaches, you name it. They just like he'll make he'll he'll allow those executive decisions to be made by the people running the team, but it all go through him. And so uh, he's built organizations. Uh, that are just elite, you know, uh, in business. I think he'll do the same thing. Ron Rivera uh, in his regime right now, probably under the microscope. But, you know, the stench around the team, where they may even change the name from the commanders. It might, they're going to build a new stadium. Yep. Like it, it will, everything will be pressure washed away that, you know, just wasn't good for that organization that, you know, you think about Joe Gibbs, and what they did in the 80s, early 90s, like, and just what football means to people in that town, like they need to get back to it. And so I think all those things, the stadium, uh, maybe the name, I think, who knows about Ron, uh, you know, his success this year will probably determine uh, his future. But this thing is going to feel different, uh, you know, for the for the foreseeable future. Baldy, uh Chris Jones wants Aaron Donald money and he's not at camp. Um, I I don't know if he's going to get $30 million uh, a year, but I want your opinions on Chris Jones. As we talk about guys, you know, there's this thing, by the way, sports fans called holding in and holding out. Okay. And with the new CBA guys are trying to get to camp and say, Hey, I'm not going to participate, but I'm here. So I don't get fined as, as Marshawn Lynch used to say, right. I'm here. So I don't get fined. 
Holding out used to be the thing. I'm not showing up. I don't care about this until you guys pay me my money. Now these guys are getting fined $50,000 a day, and you're not getting it back. So here is Chris Jones saying, I want Aaron Donald money. And listen, the Chiefs are good. We know what he means to them. But everybody has one of these situations, it seems like, Baldy, that they're trying to deal with around the league. What's going to happen with Chris Jones? What's the deal? Well, he's got one more year left on his deal. So he's under contract. So they can find him. You know, it's not like, you know, somebody who's not under contract, franchise tag, you know, you, you couldn't find Saquon or Dalvin Cook, you know, these guys, right? Josh Jacobs, you couldn't find him. Not under contract. So <clears throat> Chris Jones was the most dominant defensive tackle in all of football last year. You might say the most dominant defensive lineman. I don't know that they won a Super Bowl without him. I don't know if they beat Cincinnati championship game without his performance that day. He's just that good. Now, you have to uh, – this, this will be his third contract if he gets it. You have to strike when the iron's hot, Carl. <laughs> yeah. well, you just do. Like, you strike when the iron's hot. Like, nobody knows if he's going to have as dominant a year as he had last year, and you win a Super Bowl. He's won, they won two Super Bowls with him as the centerpiece to the whole defense. Like, they're not going to win a Super Bowl, I don't believe, without him in the lineup. They don't have anybody that can do what he does. Uh, they'll, have, they'll have a good team. They're not going to – you know, he changes the game. And here's the thing. I told this to Joe Douglas yesterday, talking about his defensive line, the general manager of the Eagles. Like, there's five or six plays in a game that great players, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, some of the great defensive players make. There's five or six plays that will always change the course of big games. You just don't know what five or six plays that is, Carl. And so your motor's got to run hot. Mm. That's what Chris Jones does. His motor runs hot. He's not sure if it's the first quarter or fourth quarter overtime, but he's going to make a play that's going to help you win the game. He did in the postseason, like I said, AFC Championship game. I don't know that Chiefs win 23-20 without Chris Jones. So he's striking when the iron's hot. The Chiefs have been able to get these deals done. They just have. You know, they've been able to pace, obviously, the quarterback, and they've been able to get other things done. Um, this is difficult, though. You know, it's hard to go find that kind of money Maybe they restructure Patrick Mahomes, go back to him. That'd be my first place. Well, okay, well, let's do this, Pat. We'll convert this to a signing bonus. We'll extend you, whatever. Like, that's typically the first move a team makes. So I don't know what's going to happen, but look for that move to be made. And whether that gets out, I, I can't believe that they could restructure Patrick Mahomes' contract and for that not to get leaked if they were trying to. But that would be the first indicator that, you know, Chris Jones is going to get done. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Listen, uh, you know, all these championship caliber teams in front offices and Baldy, you know, we talked to guys. I think NFL fans feel like sometimes when it's their team that somehow the front office is against the guy. And it's never really that. You, you always want great players. It's just about finding a way to get it done, to your point. Well, just think about this. In this offseason now, Deron Payne got paid in Washington. They didn't mm -hmm. make the playoffs. Jeffrey Simmons got paid in Tennessee. They didn't make the playoffs. Quinnen Williams got paid. Jets didn't make the playoffs. Chris Jones wants to get paid. He's better than all those players, okay? And they won a Super Bowl. So I, I believe Chris Jones feels like he's got leverage because yeah. he saw three other guys that are his brothers in this business. We saw Javon Hargrave get paid, all right, by San Francisco. We saw four defensive tackles that Chris Jones is better than. He's a better football player than all four of those players. They're all good players. 
not taking anything away from any of them. Chris Jones is better than all of them. And so the guy sitting on the top of the mountain is Aaron Donald. He's the highest paid. They're all all those guys got paid just a little bit less than Aaron Donald. They got paid though. So Chris Jones going, well, this is a year for defensive tackles. Like, and I, <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl, and yeah. I helped our team win it. Like, My turn. To me, if I was Chris Jones' agent, these are the things I would be telling the Kansas City Chiefs. He has been the clear number two, second best defensive tackle, yeah. period, over the last, you could say three years, but I'd even say four, yeah. behind right. Aaron Donald. So yeah. that, I agree with you. Now is like, if you're going to do it, now's the time. You, you can't yeah. settle. And I think he deserves whatever he's asking for. We'll see if the Chiefs give him that. Guys, it's in the huddle. Carl Dukes, along with Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast. And again, find us on YouTube, in the huddle pod. Subscribe, like us. We're going to come back and talk about the AFC East as we continue to break down divisions. That'll be our next pod as we continue to, you know, talk about camp and news and all the things that are going on. But we're right in the middle of breaking down divisions and talking about the teams and what we think. So, That'll be coming up, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Thanks for being here, Baldy. More news, more visits to camp. Can't wait. And as you said, Hall of Fame game, literally, what is it, August 8th? I mean, we're going to have football here uh, in just a, uh, yeah, yeah, in just a couple of weeks here. All right, Baldy, great job. We'll be back, and we'll be talking about the divisions, uh, guys, as we continue to break them down. Thanks for being here, everybody. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 